Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. We are going to look into the book of First Peter this morning. Uh, and I'm uh, going to talk with you a little bit about give reason for your faith. And we'll get there. It may take us just a little bit, okay? But we're going to get there. We've all had times where in our lives we've asked ourselves, uh, now what? I, I think we've all done that at one point in time. You're, you're walking down the road of life and you come to a crossroads and, and you make a decision to go to the right and, and uh, you're sure it's the correct decision. Then you... You start traveling down that road, and then you kind of get to a place where you say, okay, now what? I'm walking. Uh, I'm moving along here, but but what do I do now? And, you know, it isn't much different than driving down the road in your car. So you jump into your car, right? You take off, and you get going. You you have a place in mind that you want to go, but uh, as you're on the road, you realize that the place that you are heading, just in your opinion... It just wasn't as good as you thought. And so you, you, you had hoped to go to Golden Corral, right? You hoped to go there, but when you start to reach the crossroads, you, uh, if you turned right, you would make it to Longhorn Steakhouse. And so, you know, and this is not an advertisement, right, for either one of them. No, it's not. Uh, but, but both of those places, they both have their merit, right? They're both good in their own ways. They have their own styles and all that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, but, so, you know, one could be of a higher quality than the other. But so you, so you make a turn towards Longhorn. Let's say you do that, right? And, and you park your car in the lot. You walk up to the front desk. You say, hey, this is my name. You give them your number, you know, if you have a cell phone. And, and then you go sit down. Maybe you go outside and, and sit down and just, just uh, relax for just a little, bu- a little while. And, and then they call your name, right? And they say, hey, come on in. And uh, they, they want you to come in. And you get there. And, and, uh, and the person, the host, takes you to the table, right? You get to the table. You've never been there before, right? You sit down. They give you a menu. And, and you order your glass of iced tea and, and whatever it is. And, and so, the, so you're there. And you're like, OK, now what? How, how do I handle myself in this new place? How do, I, how do I deal with this situation? I've never been to this place before. I, I remember when I was in France, uh, and uh, so instead of uh, ordering in English, we had to do it all in French, right? So you, it's, it's kind of challenging, right, if you're, uh, that's not your language, you know? So, uh, but, but here you are, and, and uh, you say, now what? You're, you really haven't been there before, but what, you don't know what to expect. What are the rules? All those kind of things. And when you start traveling down the path of life, what, once you make it to, the, uh, to this choice to trust in Christ, to, to save you, you put your faith in Him, you put your hope in Him, and now what? You may have been in the faith for a while. You may have walked with the Lord for a while as well. But you even step back and need to ask yourself the same question. And so we can all do that at different times in our lives. And it's an important thing to ask. As we say, God, hey God, what do you want us to do? What, what, what do you have for me in my life? And once Christ enters our lives by faith in what he did for us on the cross... Through his powerful resurrection, it really causes us to think through some next steps. What are the next things I do? Uh, And today we're going to open the scripture together to the book of 1 Peter in chapter 3. 
here in just a moment. But about, about halfway through the chapter, over in verse 8, we're going to start. And we're going to look and see what the Apostle Peter says to the believers of his day. And these people have been following Jesus for a little bit. They have been. And they, they've, they've walked to the crossroads of life and turned to follow Jesus Christ. And life at times was easy. At other times it was challenging. We know. We know from what it was for them because we read it in the Scripture. And we read these are letters where these guys are writing and trying to encourage people and try to help them walk out their faith. And so these followers of Jesus have faced some tough times, and this is what Peter tells them. So let's read it this morning. Look together with me. It should be on the screen for you, or you can pull your Bible app out or your Bible if you have one. And First Peter chapter 3, verse 8 says this, Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the, on the contrary, repay evil with blessing because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. So you may inherit a blessing. What a great thing. And then he goes on in this next verse and he says this. He said, for, uh, for whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. Something that we should pursue in the world that we live in today, right? It's something that we need to pursue. And in verse 12 it says this, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their, uh, to their prayer. I love that. And you know, we're not righteous based on our own good works. We understand that our righteousness only comes based on what Jesus has done for us on the cross, and that's why faith is so important. Because the fact is, is hey, we're not perfect people. Uh, we're, we're striving to grow, we're striving for maturity, but we, we need His grace working in our lives. So, and then he goes at the end, he says, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So, you know, this really is one powerful passage from the Apostle Peter and uh, uh, this guy has made some personal mistakes. Uh, he's also experienced some great victories. If you look at the life of Peter, he's just one of these uh, apostles with Jesus, a disciple. He's a, he's a learner. Uh, he's a student, so to speak. And, and Peter was the guy who stepped out in faith uh, to uh, walk on the water to Jesus, right? And I'm sure that when he starts out, he's probably walking, you know, with a little bit of a strut. And then all of a sudden he gets his eyes on the water, he kind of misses out, and he starts sinking. Uh, just kind of the way it happens there. So, so he's had some victories, but he's had some losses as well. And, and uh, he had the sinking there, and I'm sure that maybe, maybe the other disciples ribbed him at times and says, Yeah, Pete, we know what you did. You kind of went down, didn't you? Yeah. You couldn't be a lifeguard, buddy. Anyway, anyway... So as we go along here, some other things. Peter also, he walked away from Jesus at the crucifixion. Let's make it, lay it out for what it was. Yes, he walked away from him at the crucifixion, but the resurrected Jesus welcomed him back. That's what he did. He welcomed him back. He challenged him a little bit, but he welcomed him back. And we, and we find Peter, we find this guy, even after all that, Peter was the first to preach the gospel 
after the upper room outpouring, and about 5,000 people come to faith that day. Peter, the man who denied Jesus, the one who sunk in the water, you know, you think of all those things. He's kind of just like us. He's just, he's like us. And, and after Pete even started, uh, uh, after the Lord gave him a revelation about food that they should eat, could eat, and couldn't eat, and all that kind of stuff, uh, because there was before where they weren't supposed to eat certain foods, and the Lord revealed, hey, he said, it's, it's, it's good, man, kill and eat. And so then he goes and he meets this Gentile guy that was an outsider, and he meets this guy and he eats with them, which, you know, wasn't the best thing for some of them in their, in their viewpoint. Uh, but the Lord revealed himself through that, and he, he's given them some grace. But Peter, after he started meeting and, and befriending these outsiders, something took place. He started getting the idea because he had some peer pressure around him, and that peer pressure evidently was strong enough that it caused Pete to not, to not go eat with them anymore. And he stepped off to the side. And that's when you have somebody uh, of the name of Paul, and he looks at Peter and says, buddy, that's my terms. Those are my words. He says, buddy, that is not right. You know what the Lord said. He's telling it, and he's trying to get him corrected out of this. So Peter was a human like us. Uh, yeah, God used him great. And God did some great things through him, but he also messed up at times as well. And because of this, because he, he, he missed the mark at times, and because he also had victory, oh, we need to be able to listen to his heart and the heart of what the Holy Spirit is saying through him here in 1 Peter chapter 3. If you look back again with me here in verse 8, it says this, Finally, all of you, be like-minded. Be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. That's the tough one, right? This is the one that everybody says, yeah, but the Bible says an eye for an eye and two for a tooth. That was actually about law, and it was, it was Old Testament. It was like, hey, you've got to limit yourself is what it's saying. It's a limitation. And so, but... And he goes on through this, and he says, On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. Wow. That's a challenge. That's a challenge. That wasn't just Jesus' words. That's the Apostle Peter as well. He's saying, hey, I've learned from the Son of God, and now I'm going to pass some things off to you. So really, we need to ask ourselves, why does Peter deal with these things here? Why does he talk about it in this, in this letter, in this passage? To really understand, we need to be able to understand the background of what he is uh, writing to, this letter that he writes to the early followers of Jesus and so Peter was inspired by the Holy Spirit of God to write this letter to early believers because really people were giving them grief. Uh, they were making it hard for them, and uh, many of them had been harassed for their faith. It was just a fact. That's what they were dealing with at that point. And, and he gives them some practical ways to respond if and when they are treated poorly by others. So each of us have to be able to learn by learn from what he says here and to try to apply these things into our life, really with, with prayer, with the spirit of prayer, saying, God, guide me here in this situation. 
really, uh, they've been harassed for their faith, uh, and he's trying to give them some practical ways to handle that. And, and then uh, Peter didn't want them to hold on to an attitude of bitterness or worry. That's easy to do, right? It's easy to hold on to those things. Maybe somebody wrongs you or does something. You know, you're, you're, you're walking down the road and you're going along and somebody steps on your toe. And you say, well, that's not too nice of you. And, of course, they do it on purpose. How are you going to do that unless you get in front of the person and step on their toe? And it's like, so, so you don't want you don't, you to don't hold bitterness that's just a minor thing. But, but he wanted these believers to learn to hold on to an attitude of dependence on God, first of all. And to, and to have great confidence in him. Because the reality is, is we need to trust God and then we need to depend on him. And sometimes what happens is we trust in ourselves and we depend on ourselves. And when we trust in ourselves and to depend on ourselves, we're missing out on God working behind the scenes. We have to allow him to work behind the scenes. And the only way we do that is by trusting him and following through his word and obeying him and allowing him to work. But if we won't give him a chance to work, he's not going to work on our behalf. That one doesn't sound fun, but it's a reality. He, he may be kind to us and do that, but we need to be able to trust him and allow him to work in our lives. So if God can raise his son, he can raise your life in any way he needs to. So God's calling you to trust him even more than you have before. You think that goes for each and every one of us. It's almost like God was saying through Peter, if you take care of my business, I will take care of your business. Something that we should keep, that should ring in our ears, so to speak, in, in the back of our mind. You know, uh, uh, think about this. Say, uh, so consider you're digging a hole. So, so somebody comes along and they say, hey, we need you to help us. And so they hire you and, uh, and uh, maybe somebody, uh, somebody else. And you, you go and they say, we need this hole dug in our backyard. But here's the, here's the catch. Uh, we want to put a pool there, a small, just a small pool. Uh, but we can't get any big equipment back there. And so we need you to help. And so you come and say, okay, I'll do it, I'll do it. And you got a guy that's over you, a boss over you. And so you, you, you head over there, you bring the shovels, you bring the spades and the flat shovel and all the things that you need, a pick or whatever it is. And you get there and you, and you start working, right? And you're sweating, right? That's just the way it is, right? And you're digging the hole and you get down and, and you start thinking. You say, wait a second. They, they, they told me to dig the hole, but they didn't tell me if I have to move the dirt away from the backyard because uh, there's no way to get big equipment back in there, a big truck to get it in. So you say to the boss, hey, I, I'm digging the hole, and I said this is what I would do, but I didn't say I would remove the dirt. I just can't do it. That's just too much. And so the boss says, now, don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. And you say, okay, okay. And so you keep digging, and you're digging and digging and digging, and finally, you know, you're digging, and you say, wait a second, nothing is happening here. You go back to the boss and say, what's the deal here? You know, you, you told me you were going to help me, and somebody else was going to do that. And they say, yeah, just trust me. I told you that that was going to be the case. And so you dig, and you dig, and you're, and you're finally done, and there's the pile of dirt. The next thing you know, somebody rolls in with a very small, miniature, dirt-moving piece of equipment. And they get, the, they get the dirt, they move it all out, and they take it out. 
and, and, and you're set up, you're ready to go. Part of that has to do with patience, doesn't it? Part of that is we need to be patient with God and let him do what he said he would do in our lives. We need to allow him to work and give him those, that time to work because the, our situations in our lives are a lot bigger than just us as individuals. We have a lot of people that he involves. And remember, man, mankind has their own will, right? But God can still work in those situations and he can help us. We just need to be willing to allow the Lord to work in our lives. We need to trust him. But it doesn't mean we won't sweat a little, right? Sometimes we sweat a little bit. Sometimes we walk through things and we sweat a little bit and say, God, why are you allowing me to sweat? <laughs> he says that's part of it. And we have to trust him. So let's look back at 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. Again, and we see that scripture again. He says, finally, all of you, be like-minded. Be sympathetic. Love one another. Be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because this you were called uh, uh, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. So the Lord wants us to be like-minded, right? He wants us to have a, a, a like-mindedness. We need to work at keeping a good attitude with each other as we follow Jesus together and as we live in this world. We need to encourage one another. Peter says to be sympathetic, uh, to, to love one another. And those are some big words in the world that we live in right now, Right? Because I think those, some of those words are actually missing. Some of those actions and those attitudes are missing in our world. And sympathy is something which is missing uh, just seems like all the time. And people don't always care for others. They're, they're so wrapped up in their, themselves that they tend to only care for themselves. And they're trying to protect themselves. And, and all of those things. And I understand. But, but, but sympathy is an important thing that people can be so wrapped up. People can be blind towards others even though they're right in front of their faces. It, it can happen to any of us, right? Sometimes when you're in a crowd of people, you don't know the person you sit by, right? And it's important for us to be able to engage one another and encourage one another while we have the time to do it. It's, it's, it's highly important for us. So, so Peter, we see another word we can use that, that where Peter uses uh, sympathy and stuff. We could use words or care or be considerate. Uh, and so Peter even co uh, connects this word sympathy to love one another. So he's got a connection there as well. And so he's telling these followers of Jesus who may have all kinds of different backgrounds, not, not only to have sympathy for others, but to love each other. We need to love one another. And love is a choice. It's not just a feeling. Some people talk about the feeling of love. Ah, yeah, whatever. I mean, I mean, that's sure, that's part of it. That may be in that brotherly love part. But it, it's also, there's another element of that is a love of choice, right? It's a love of choice. You know, we, we find in the Gospels that Jesus was compassionate. He was compassionate. He healed people's lives. He cares for them. And we have to learn from Jesus himself to be compassionate to others around us in this world that we live in. 
because this world is not always an easy place, right? We live in a world that it's kind of like at times, you can put it this way, it's kind of like you're being ran along a cheese grater. Uh, that, that's not too nice, but I mean, that's kind of what it feels like in our world at times. And so that's why we need to encourage one another while we can, right? We need to encourage each other. And you know, we're not all perfect at that, are we? Because we're all human beings and we all have things in our mind and that kind of thing. And that's why we got to give each other grace. And, but we still want to try to help each other. It's just a reality. That's where we're at. So we have to be compassionate. We allow, have to allow the Lord to work in our lives. Let's, let's look at, uh, well, let me say this here. You know, sometimes what happens uh, when we, when we look at this being humble here, we have to learn from Jesus to be compassionate, but also uh, there in verse 8, he tacks on to be humble. So in other words, we have to be modest about ourselves. We need to be able to be modest about ourselves. In other, uh, you know, it's kind of like this. We could say, uh, explain the opposite of this. Is some, some people are so full of themselves that if you turned them upside down, the only thing that would fall out of their pockets is their cell phone with a bunch of selfies. Uh, and, I, and I get it. I, I get that, you know, sometimes people are trying to uh, understand and to learn who they are. But, but what we must understand is God says about human beings that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Each one. It doesn't matter who they are. They are fearfully and wonderfully made. And God made us in his image, man and woman, boy and girl. And to be humble is to recognize who God is and who he has made you to be. To humble ourselves before him. To be humble is to realize God has made others just as good and just as important as you. Let's look now, let's look at verse 9 here together. It's a great verse, and nobody really wants to celebrate this verse, right? This isn't, this isn't the joyful verse, verse of the Bible, but it really is an important, a life-changing verse. And he, and he says in verse 9, he says, Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. And he says, On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. And in other words, do good things, right? Do nice things. Be kind. Uh, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. So remember, these believers that he's writing to, the, one, the, the ones he's talking about he, he's writing to, they, they have walked through some tough stuff. They, 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 have, they have really faced a battle because they have been uh, persecuted, if you want to call it that. It's what has happened, and, and, and you, need to, you need to be able to recognize that they, he was trying to encourage them and to help them. You know, most of us uh, want to say, but Lord, I, 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 just, I just can't do that. I just want to trip them. <laughs> so, well, if you trip them, it makes you feel good, right? It makes you feel good. It doesn't make them feel good, them feel good right? And that's kind of the, that's kind of the deal, right? But, but that's not the right thing to do. That's, but that's kind of what the flesh wants to do. But, but it's kind of like the old saying that says this, two wrongs don't make a right. They just, it doesn't make a right. It doesn't benefit anybody out of that. And some may say, no, it does feel good. But, but here's what Peter says, sin feels good for a while. In fact, we find it over in the book of Hebrews. The writer of Hebrews says this. In chapter 11, verse 24 in he, of Hebrews 
The Bible says as it writes about Moses and what Moses went through. Remember, he, he was, he was uh, in an interesting situation. If you know his life story, this kid was a baby, and uh, his mom put him out on the water, and uh, Pharaoh's daughter and, and such found him and because they were going to eradicate all the little kids. And that's not very nice, but that's what they were going to do. Uh, and so by, and then it says this, and so uh, uh, Moses is taken in by the Pharaoh's daughter. And remember, the Pharaoh's king, right? And so this is what the passage says. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up in the Pharaoh's home, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God, rather to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. See, he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as greater of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. The money's helpful to live, right? But it doesn't mean everything. There are some things that mean so much more. If you look at the last part of that verse, look at what he says. Why did he do that? Because he was looking ahead to his reward. He had something much bigger in mind than the here and now. So you need to look ahead towards your heavenly reward. You need to look ahead to what God has for you in your life. You need to be able to look ahead towards that. God's plan for you is much bigger than you've ever expected or even realized or even understood. We don't see it all in the beginning, right? We don't see all of that, but we know God will work in our lives. We just need to make sure that we keep looking ahead to this reward. And God's plan for you is good. And you need to look towards God's long-term plan. Sometimes we want the short-term thing, right? We like short-term things. Why do we like it? Because it's so great to have, a, have a, a wonderful victory in our life. It's so great to pay off the car, or it's so great to do this or to do that. It's so great, but, or to, it's so great to eat that Twinkie. That's short-term for sure. <laughs> that, that's really short-term for sure, but we, we have to keep in mind on the right things. Uh, uh, and uh, the problem is, is when we start focusing on those short-term things, what it, we, it ends up leaving us empty and dry. It's kind of like the guy who, who's walking in the desert. He gets to a well, and he finds a sign and says, hey, you need to you know, dig this water. Is, is, uh, there's a, a, a gallon of water up, up in this place, and you need to dig it up so you can pour it in the old-timing you know, pumps. Uh, to, uh, to prime the thing. But they, they said, take this gallon of water and pour all of it into the pump. He's in the desert, right? And so they say, do that. Don't drink that water. If you drink that water, then the next person after you won't have any, uh, anything to drink. Or if they have animals or whatever, they won't be able to drink. So, so the, the person that gets that water has to have faith and trust in the person that wrote the note. And they have to take that water and dump it down into that pump and start pumping as fast as they can. And then it'll, the pump will work and start bringing the water up out of the well, right? 
and we need to have this kind of a frame of reference in our lives. We have to trust God to the level that sometimes we have to dump out the great and wonderful things he's given us into the lives of other people so that God can work in their lives too. And see, once you start pumping like that, amen over there, and once you start pumping like that, it's going to fill you up and give you the provision that you need. It's just the way it is. We can repay evil with blessing because we're called to do this and we can inherit a blessing ourselves. God will work like that in our lives. Now, it may not happen immediately. It may take some time, right? But we understand that it is an act of faith as we do that, as we repay repay evil for blessing. Not an easy thing to do, right? That's not an easy thing. But it is an act of faith, not in yourself, not even in the other person. It's not not an act of faith in the church. It's not an act of faith in your friends. It's an act of faith in God himself. What we're saying is by doing that, we are trusting you, God, to work in our situation and to work in that person's life. And maybe God will turn that around and work it and bless their lives. Maybe if they're mean, maybe God will do something and change their hearts. If we will follow God's principles by faith, he will bless our lives. It, it, it may not be at the, at the moment we want, but it, we will reap if we faint not. Look at what Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says. It should be on the screen for you. It says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Some people want to say, let's just uh, knock out the give up part. And so we will reap a harvest. Hallelujah. No, no, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And we need to be able to trust God for these things. And the problem for most of us is we want it now and we want it our way. But God's way ends up being better for us and for everyone involved. And in the end, he will use it for good in a powerful way. Let's get back to what he says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 13. Verse 13, it says, who is, who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if, if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Uh, do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. That seems out of place, doesn't it? But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. It doesn't seem to make sense. No, he's saying, trust God in this. Trust God in this. Trust him. Respect God in this. And then he goes on to say, always be prepared, prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it's better if it's God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Then he says there in verse 18, it says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous. We were the unrighteous, right? And he was the righteous. 
and uh, uh, so to bring you to God, he was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. So let's, let's step back a, a, just a hair bit and look at this passage for a moment. If you do good to others, most of the time people won't harm you. But even if they do, uh, you are still blessed by God. And you need to understand that. Sometimes people think, no, because this happened to me, I, I'm a no good, evil person. No, that doesn't mean that. You're still blessed. The, the blessings of God can't be measured if you stick out your faith in Him, if you continue to trust Him. And then we find there in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, these words. He says, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Don't give up, friends. Don't give up. Don't give up. Maybe you're on the verge of that, but don't give up. Keep trusting. Keep putting your hope in him. Allow Christ to work in your life. Uh, and, and we understand that at some point there's got to be a switch in people's lives. And, and, and we know that that can happen. God can work in them. And at some point the light goes on, right? The, the light bulb lights up and they can start catching and understanding what's taking place. And, and, but we got to give God that time to be able to work in their life. It may not happen in a day. It may not happen in a month. It may not happen in a year, but it will happen if we continue to trust in God and allow him to work in the situation. Well, there's things that we prayed for for years. And just in the last couple months, God has done them. Just things that, yeah, I'm just grateful to the Lord for the things that he is doing in the lives of people. He is faithful. At some point, there's going to be some people that open their hearts and their minds and their eyes to see what God is really doing. Because you're, you, you, you're going to do something nice to them and they're going to say, why in the world did you do that? You know how I treated you. And they know it. They know it in their mind. And they're, they're going to say, why did you do that? And then they're going to ask at some point. They may be too embarrassed or too prideful to come to you at that point in time, but maybe they'll go to somebody else and talk to them and say, look at this, this is what I did. And so they're going to start asking questions at some point. And they, will, they are going to come to a place that they realize that they need what you have, Jesus Christ. And they may not even realize that that's what, what you have. They may not even understand that. They may, they may not understand that that's what they need. But that's why you need to be ready. You need to be ready to be able to share with others what Jesus has done for you in your life. Look at Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. It, sa it says this here. Colossians 4, 6, he says, let your, this is Paul now, the Apostle Paul's writing to uh, uh, the church at Colossae. He says, let your uh, conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. See, this is a message to the church, right? Those who are following Jesus, that, that's the message. And the, the reality is, is none of us are perfect, right? We wish we were, and we're striving for uh, maturity, right? That's where we need to be. We need to be striving for that. But remember how, how you talk, 
has an effect and how how you are seasoned in your language does have an effect. And we're all growing, but we don't want to stay the same as what we were when we first came to faith. Uh, And when the Apostle Paul says your conversation should be seasoned with salt, it should remind you that your your daily speech should salt other people in such a way that they want to drink from this living water that you have. Because if you're a follower of Jesus, you you have the living water that you can give to other people. I know we're all still walking that path of life, and we're not, we're not totally perfect yet, but we're, we're growing in our faith, and we want to continue to grow in our faith. But, but there's, there's something there that God does in our lives, and we need to continue to season with salt how we talk with others, not as a facade, not as, some, as a wall to say, hey, this is the way I am, but it's not the way we are. We have to allow the Lord to work in our lives. Be ready, though, when people ask you the question is your conversation full of grace is your speech uh, become uh, becoming refined and full of of kindness does it it doesn't mean you have to be a professional speaker. That's not what we're talking about, nothing like that. You, you can hear my grammar isn't, very, uh, isn't the w- most wonderful uh, as well. But, you know, it's just part of life. But we need, to, we need to be able to be the kind of people that show kindness and respect to others that are around us, whether they love us or they don't love us. People know that when we're treating them well, They can sense it, right? They can sense it. Even little kids say they can sense that, right? They they understand it. It's something that God puts inside of us when he created us. It's probably one of those things, uh, one of those attributes that he kind of loans to us as human beings, and we kind of get it. You know, you can walk in the room where there's tension. Have you ever been to that? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure all of us have. You walk into a room and there's tension. They're, they're, maybe they're trying to figure something out, and they're stressed, everybody's stressed, and you walk in the room and you're like, I'm going to walk out of this place. Let me try this again. Maybe it'll lighten up. Why? Because it's something down inside of you that says, hey, something's happening here. It's part of living, right? As we wrap this up this morning, remember this, that if you follow God's principles by faith, he will bless your life. He will bless your life. And are you looking forward towards the heavenly reward? That's where we need to be looking We need to be looking to what God can and will do in our lives in the future, not just what he's doing today, but what he will do in the future because we know God has a plan for each and every person. Jesus faced those who didn't like what he offered. He faced that. Some of those same people like Saul were people who threw rocks at those who believed believed in Christ, right? Saul was that way, and he became Peter, right? Saul was like uh, Saul was like that. Or, did I say he became Peter? Never mind. He became Paul. My goodness. And, and so there, there's Saul, and, and and he he was rough. Yet God got a hold of his life and turned his life around for good. He's one of those examples. Be like-minded. Be sympathetic. Love one another. Be compassionate and humble. Don't let others get under your skin. Because they will at times, right? That's going to happen. It's part of life. 
but be kind and share hope with them. Because one day, one day, it's going to click. One day, it's going to click in their hearts. It's going to click in their mind, and they're going to say, you know what? I think I get it now. You're probably going to have to say something, though, so that they understand, right? Because sometimes that may click, and they're like, hey, I know there's something here, but we have to be able to speak and to share hope with them. The scripture says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. It's God's business to take care of business and how he chooses to and how he sees fit because he sees all the situation in the world. He sees our lives as individuals, but he sees other individuals' lives. He sees our communities. He sees the pain in our world. Why do we have that pain? It's a, it's a big question, right? Well, we understand from what Scripture teaches us is because mankind, humanity, fell into sin and they chose to go their own right way, and that's us. And because we make it messy. We're the ones that make it messy, right? It's not, uh, it's not God. It, God. God said, you, you kind of chose to go your own way, so I'm kind of letting you have your own way, and, and, but you have to be able to choose to come back and allow Him to work in your life. We all need that. We all need him and his grace working in us. Let me pray for you this morning. I don't know where you're at in your faith and your walk, but I want to encourage you to put your faith and trust in him today. And it just comes down to being able to say, Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Jesus, I trust what you did on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and have a place in heaven but so that I could have the abundant life that you provide for me even here on this earth Father I, I pray that you would help each and every one of us as we put our trust in you and Father help each one Father for those that have, have said you know what yes to the Lord and they've, they've, they've served you and they've walked with you whether it was a long time or a short time I pray that you would strengthen them and help them to be able to stand firm, to hold on to your hand and not let go, and to trust you in faith. Father, I pray that you'd help each one of us today as we look to you. We give you honor, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.